We have the privilege this morning of hearing from Giovanni, our visual timekeeper. And I'm going to pass the mantle of the clip-on to him. Okay. Good morning, everyone. <laughs> uh, Leonard, your parents took "Be fruitful and multiply" <laughs> to heart. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, <laughs> um, well, thank you, uh, Brooke. Um, Pastor Stewart uh, went out of town, and we've been meet, we've been uh, meeting uh, on a weekly basis to kind of. <sighs> I can take a little breath because I'm a little. Uh, it's been a while since I've shared in front of a congregation. We do it um, with the youth group uh, every week, uh, but it's a little bit different. You know, it's always uh, it. It always makes me kind of anxious of what I'm going to share. Um, you know, I, I always get nervous because I'm like, oh man, I'm not as good as so and so, or uh, I can't share like so and so, and. And uh, these talks I have with Pastor Stewart were very really fruitful because he's always telling me, you know, share from the heart, share from uh, what you're experiencing and share from what the Holy Spirit is speaking in your life. And uh, he shared a podcast with me that uh, talked about that. He said, uh, if you share about what the Holy Spirit is dealing with you and what Jesus wants to do in you, uh, more likely than not, someone's going to be going through that same experience. Um, also, today's uh, sacred reading is, is amazing, uh, talking about testimonies. Just a side note, you know, don't be afraid to share your testimony with someone because you never know when someone needs to hear it and someone needs to say, hey, I'm going through the exact same thing and they need to hear that encouragement. Um, but yeah, so he, he told me, you know, it's, it's open. You can talk about what we've been talking about, the fruit of the Spirit. We're on kindness. Feel free to, to continue to share on that or... Uh, share on something that, uh, you know, that the God's speaking to you. And I was going to stay on the topic of, uh, of the fruit of the Spirit. Um, but looking through my notes, not that I'm a super, you know, uh, guy who's always studying or anything, but I, I, whenever I come across passages in, in the scripture that I like or that stand out to me, I, I, you know, I pull out my phone and I have a little notepad there that I just kind of write down notes and stuff. And so I was, I was, I was looking through my phone. And I came across a passage that I wrote down in 2019. Um, it's in Matthew. That's what we're going to be talking about today. And, and I wrote it down with the hopes of one day maybe sharing it with the youth group or if I got an opportunity to share it sometime, I'd, I'd share it. Um, and it wasn't really necessarily an entire passage. It was just a, a phrase that stood out to me. And, uh, and I, like I said, when Pastor Stewart said, you can share on the fruit of the Spirit or on something that you like, I said, this sounds like something that God wants to kind of develop. And um, and again, this is something that the Holy Spirit was speaking into my life and saying, Gio, you need to work on these areas. I want to work with you on these areas to develop them and develop you. Um, and so today's message um, I've titled, uh, I Am Willing. Uh, and it's a question that the, the Holy Spirit kind of, uh, am I willing, I'm sorry, um, was a question that the Holy Spirit had me asking myself after reading this passage. And so um, if you have your Bible, if you have your app, if not, we have the, the, the sacred reading there. I've written down the passage, um, and it's in uh, Matthew 8, verses 1 through 4. And this is right after the Sermon on the Mount. So Jesus just came down from the Mount, uh, giving one of, you know, 
histories, most iconic, uh, you can say sermons or messages. Um, I've seen people in, even in, uh, you know, psychologists and people who aren't necessarily believers quote passages from, from the Sermon on the Mount. Um, there's just an, uh, insurmountable amount of wisdom and, and, and life advice, um, in that sermon. And so he's coming down from the mountain and it goes right into, uh, chapter eight. Uh, and it goes uh, like this. Large crowds followed Jesus as he came down the mountainside. Suddenly, a man with leprosy approached him and knelt before him. Lord, the man said, if you are willing, you can, make me, uh, you can heal me and make me clean. Jesus reached out and touched him. I am willing, he said. Be healed. And instantly, the leprosy disappeared. Uh, then Jesus said to him, don't tell anyone about this. Instead, go to the priest's. Let him examine you. Uh, take along the offering required in the law of Moses for those who have been healed of leprosy. This will be a public testimony that you have been cleansed. Uh, so I gotta apologize because I, I move a lot and I know we have a camera here and, and I told Pastor Stewart, I don't know how I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna be like getting out of focus a lot, but, um, I tend to, to kind of move a lot with, uh, like I said, what I, when I'm sharing with the youth, I'm just always been like that. My wife's always kind of, kind of hold my hands down when I'm at a dinner table because I'm always, playing drums doesn't help either because I'm, I'm constantly doing this, doing this. Um, so just bear with me a little bit. <laughs> Hopefully it's not too distracting. Um, but initially, like I said, I, when Pastor Stewart offered me this opportunity to share, uh, the passage or the part kind of similar to sacred reading that stood out to me was just that phrase that Jesus uh, spoke out to the man. I am willing. Um, it reveals uh, to me Jesus' character and the Father's character, and His readiness to work and to operate on our behalf. Um, I wanted to focus on that part, honestly. I wanted to focus on God's willingness to act, on God's um, readiness to, to, to uh, you know, shape our lives, to, to renew us, to restore us, uh, to set us on our way. You know, Ephesians says that He's, you know, uh, more than willing to do more than we can ask or imagine. Uh, anything that we can pray for, He's willing to do. Um, but the Holy Spirit, like I said, spoke to me, not necessarily in an audible voice, but after reading this passage a couple times through, um, he said, I got something deeper that I want to talk about. I don't want to focus necessarily on Jesus and his actions necessarily. I want to focus on the leper. I want to focus on the man who approached Jesus. And I want you to ask yourself these questions as we're looking at the man who approached Jesus. And so... Um, uh, the act of being willing or having willingness to act is, uh, is very important. I don't know how many times in your life you've, uh, you know, you've had information or you've had the tools necessary to act, but you've, you know, you've lacked the willingness to do it. Um, I don't know how many times you've been told the truth and you've made, been made to see the situation for what it is and you've lacked the willingness to, I don't know, ask for forgiveness, say, I'm sorry. Uh, and we've been kind of stubborn right? Um, I have this really uh, kind of funny story that happened at work. I know most of you guys know that I, I work at Google for, uh, for their food department. So I'm a sous chef there, started off as a prep cook, worked up the line cook, then a lead cook, and now I'm part of the management team. Uh, as part of the management team, we're in charge of ordering food, keeping inventory, making sure our menus are correct, uh, not necessarily cooking as much anymore, but more like on a supervisor level. And there's never a lack of stories that come from different departments telling us, you know, this chef mistakenly ordered 
20 cases of pork instead of 20 pounds of it. Or this guy ordered this amount of this instead of that. And now we don't know what to do. And so the craziest story came through the pipeline the other day where a chef mistakenly ordered a literal ton of apricots. He, 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 he went on his computer. He saw the recipe he was supposed to follow. Uh, he kind of calculated his, um, he did his own math in his head to kind of multiply it to see how many people he was going to serve. And he literally mistakenly ordered a literal ton of apricots. And so when his receiver, the guy who's in charge of putting away the merchandise and putting away the stuff, saw a literal dump truck come by with crates and crates of apricots, he almost fell back. And this this chef works in, uh, not maybe somebody knows him, but hopefully not. He works in the YouTube campus, so um, he's still part of Bon Appetit. Um, and so it came to the pipeline. We have a ton of apricots, and we need the other cafes to help this guy out and get rid of them. Put him in a put him in a puree. Put him in ice cream. I've been taking apricots, and I've been making them into desserts. We made them into ice cream. I made them into sorbets. I've made it, so we've we've just been dealing with this apricot mess for the last couple of weeks. Um, but the part that impacted me the most was when they talked to the chef. Um, they made him see his mistake. Look, man, you added wrong. You obviously don't need a ton. This is how you made the mistake of, you know, reading your recipe. This is the actual recipe that, this is the actual amount that you need. He lacked the willingness to apologize. When you were talking to him, they, they said, look, man, this is, this is the mistake that you did. Um, this is what you're supposed to do next time. And his attitude, what they, what, you know, my higher ups told me was the thing that impacted him the most was just his stubbornness to say, no, I'm right. I, it must have been a mistake from the computer. I know that that quantity I ordered was the correct one. I don't know why we can't use it. I don't know. What, and, and so they kind of were floored. I didn't ask what happened to him or if he was reprimanded or anything like that. But what floored them was that he was presented with all the evidence. He was presented with all the, the situation of how it's supposed to be. And he still lacked the willingness to say, you know what? I'm sorry. I forgot. I must have misread it. My mistake. And, and, and I've been there before where I've left an order sitting on my computer and I didn't send it through. And then I get a call at 4 a.m. Where's all our product, Gio? There's nothing here. What are we going to cook for the day? I rush over to the, to the, to the, to the kitchen and we got to figure out things. And the first thing I say is my bad. I'm sorry. My mistake. And so it, 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 it impacted me when I said, wow, this man's just, was not willing to budge. He was not willing to say, uh, I'm sorry. Um, so it's very important in our lives um, that we understand the concept of that, of, of, of saying, Lord God, I am willing um, to do these things. I am willing to act. And so that's, like, like I said, that's what I want to focus on. Um, the lack of willingness always kind of leads to roadblocks in our lives. Um, I've been married for... 10 years? No, seven years? <laughs> Sorry. We've been together since 2012. Um, yeah, so uh, we got married in 2015. I'm, I'm saying all the facts now that she's, so she knows that I know. So 2015, and so it's been, you know, six years now. Kind of a peaser. Um, but yes, we're still, you know, relatively young couple. A lot of people are always telling us, you know, you got a long way to go, and we got two young kids. But I, I, I've learned that the first thing that, that, you know, some of the best advice that I've gotten from people is, you know, don't go to bed upset with each other. Um, be the first one to apologize if you do mess up. I'm always messing up, right? We're always working on me. Um, but, um, you know, be willing to say, my mistake. Uh, let's fix this. 
Um, and my wife's been wise enough to where when one of us is upset, we don't kind of just try to like fix it then. We kind of give ourselves some space, a little breathing room. And then as we sit down, have dinner, we, we kind of start a little conversation and then we address the, the, the issue at hand. And, uh, I pray, I, you know, I thank God that I haven't had an argument at that level yet. It might, it might come later, but hopefully, like I said, we have the, the tools to, 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 to address it. Um, so, uh, the first verse that I kind of, I, I, I like to read when I share, I like to stay in the verse and I like to kind of reference it a lot. So I'll, I'll be sharing my thoughts, but always referencing uh, the scripture. So I'll be kind of going back to the verse. Um, so uh, verse 2, like I said, uh, large crowds followed Jesus as he came down the mountainside. Verse 2 suddenly uh, says, Suddenly a man with leprosy approached him and knelt before him. Lord, the man said, If you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean. So the first question that the Holy Spirit uh, had me asking myself, and it's there on your notes, is, uh, Are you willing to recognize him? Are you willing to recognize him? As your source, um, for for us, leprosy might be a concept that's a little maybe outdated. Um, we might not fully understand what leprosy is like, or what it. You know, I, I don't know when's the last time someone called at your work said, "I'm calling out, I got leprosy." Uh, it's probably haven't hasn't happened, right? And so I had to like go on Google and kind of look up some images, very gnarly stuff. I don't recommend it, um, but I had to kind of to kind of get into the mindset to understand what leprosy was. Um, and not just that, but understand the context of what it meant to have leprosy back then. Um, it kind of goes not so much, but, you know, kind of what we're going through right now with uh, with, with COVID. Um, so I, I, I did a little research. Um, uh, it f- I found out that 95% of people are actually uh, immune to it. Um, 95% of people in worldwide really are um, immune and they can, they have the, the, the immune system to combat it if they ever were to, uh, were, f- um, with that ba- bacteria. But back then it, it seemed to be more common. So, like I said, I went to do a little research, I went to the Old Testament, the not so exciting books like Leviticus, Numbers, just to kind of see, uh, how it was handled and how, how they, how someone with leprosy would, would experience it, uh, their daily life. And so, uh, it says in Leviticus 13.45, those who suffer from a serious skin disease, for example, leprosy, must tear their clothing, leave their hair uncombed, they must cover their mouth and call out, unclean, unclean. And not only that, they had to live in isolation, uh, like the, uh, mainly like the outskirts of town on their own. Um, I was like, man, they had to cover their mouths. I know what that's like a little bit. Um, but it was kind of like to, to kind of picture it to kind of give it a little more like I said uh, make it more relatable and more uh, kind of like a visual I, I, I saw that this man uh, was most likely than not not born with this with this disease he's probably something that he picked up when he was uh, growing up um, I could imagine he probably had a life before the disease and after it um, he was relegated to being an outcast uh, this man had no right to come near people. This man had no right to be near crowds. This man had no identity other than being a leper. His identity was his sickness. That was it. Can you imagine walking down the street saying, COVID, COVID free, COVID, like, or, or I got the flu. I, that was literally his life. If he was in the streets, he had to call himself out, let people know, hey, I'm unclean. Don't come near me. 
There was no chance for interaction. There was no chance for, for getting to know him. You probably wouldn't want to get to know him, right? I mean, you'd kind of circle around this guy. Um, so this was his life, and, and it impacted me because I said sometimes in our life, we, we let ourselves or we let our situation or, or, or our sickness, whether it be health or, or uh, you know, something that we're dealing with, become our identity. We let that mark us and we let that be what represents us. And that's not what the Lord wants for us. Uh, in our eyes, uh, as we'll see, we are an individual. Um, and not our situation, not our sickness is what defines us. And so, uh, like the leper, uh, the Holy Spirit told me, are you willing to recognize Jesus as your source of salvation, as your source of provision, as your source of healing? Uh, the leper had no options. This man had been living a life, like I said, excommunicated. Um, and so when he saw Jesus, he took the biggest risk of his life, which was approaching a man in a crowded place and being, you know, risking the fact that if he got spotted out, he could have been in serious trouble. He had nothing to lose. So this man approached Jesus, recognizing that he was the source of his healing. And so oftentimes in my personal life, I often put myself as the source for my own provision. I, I, I talking to Pastor Stewart, I struggle with this sometimes because I want to make things happen on my own strength. I want to make things happen of my own knowledge. I've done that before. I know how that works. I'm going to do it again. I've been through this situation. I'm going to get through it because I can do it. And sometimes that um, confidence is good. But when we start drawing our, our attention away from Christ and putting it on ourselves, uh, it would only eventually let us down because my strength only goes so far. My knowledge only goes so far. My ability only goes so far. And there's a cap and there's a limit. And so for my personal, like I said, in my personal life, um, I have to continually recognize Christ as my Lord and his lordship over my life. And so the first point that I want to, that I want to make for, for, for us is um, that we never forget his lordship. Um, I know that sometimes we, I don't, I don't know how to say this without sounding, you know, um, controversial, I guess. Um, but we, we, we tend to reduce, I guess is the word, r- reduce God and reduce Jesus to, um, I don't know, a, a simple companion, which is good. Uh, he, he is with us. He, he, you know, he's called himself our friend. And we oftentimes, um, we get so comfortable that we forget, at least it's happened to me, that we forget that he is Lord Almighty still, that he is God Almighty. And, um, and I forget sometimes to approach him in that sense. And like I said, this is something that the Lord was speaking to me in, in my life. Um, the actions that this man took, right? Um, like the leper, we must too recognize that Jesus is our source for our needs. Uh, and like I said, I tend to rely on myself more often than I like, than I would like. Um, the man with leprosy approached him knelt before him and addressed him as Lord. Um, Psalms tells us, Psalm 51 says, you will not reject a broken and repentant heart. So Jesus was able to see his man's situation and not only address it, he touched him, reached out to him, 
when the man asked Jesus, hey, if you're willing to heal me, um, you can make me clean. And so the Bible teaches us that God is an interactive God. Uh, oftentimes, I don't know how many times you've heard this phrase, right? Um, our faith is in a religion. It's a relationship. Um, and I heard that, you know, in my entire life. You know, we're not a religion. It's a relationship. Jesus is a relationship. And I, you know, oftentimes, like, it makes sense. But the way I've been living oftentimes doesn't reflect that I care much about that relationship. Um, I don't know how many relationships, whether they be professional or, or a friendship or with your spouse, I don't know many relationships that work or that last on the long run if only one party is willing to put in the work or to be there 100%. Um, we can't add anything to Jesus' sacrifice. We know that for a fact. There's only salvation through him and that he's done that part. He's made himself available to us. He's given himself for us. He's made himself present for us. Now it's our part. If this truly is a relationship, and like I said, I'm, I'm speaking how the Holy Spirit kind of was speaking to me. If it truly is a relationship, you know, Gio, if you believe that you're in a relationship with God, what is your part that you're doing in this relationship? When Jesus wants you to draw near, are you drawing near? When Jesus is asking you to forgive, are you doing that part? Um, and like I said, God is an interactive God. Ask and you shall receive. Knock and it will be open. Forgive and you shall be forgiven. There's always a part from that He does and there's a part that He invites us to take part of. And again, this isn't working for salvation or working towards being saved or anything like that. This is working towards building that relationship. So you can be at a place that He wants you to be in. Elevate yourself through His Holy Spirit to where he wants to take you. And so, like I said, um, you know, what happens when we ask? Uh, we tend to get a response. Um, and so the second point is, are we willing to accept his will? Now, this man approached Jesus, right? Uh, and he didn't do it. I, like I said, this might sound, you know, like, you know, well, obviously, right? This man had nowhere else to go. So his attitude was always of humbleness. And his approach to Jesus was, if you are willing, there was still a sense of asking, right? Um, and in my life, sometimes I, I, I don't want to wait until I'm backed up into a corner or backed up into a, a place of no way out for me to cry out to him. But it happens, you know, it's happened in my life where I have nowhere else to go, nowhere else to turn. Um, and so my attitude or my, the invitation that the Spirit, uh, you know, was giving me was um, uh, to approach the Lord in that same humbleness. Lord, if you are willing. Um, do I believe <laughs> that Jesus would have said no? No, I don't think so. He said yes to the man. But this man's request was still given in such a way that he expected a yes or a no. I don't know if that makes sense. Um, his question was, if you are willing, 
That means, Lord, it's in all in your hands. I'm asking you for what I need, but it's all in your hands. He said, you can make me, you can heal me and make me clean. He recognized his provision that came from him, but he also recognized his sovereignty. He said, Lord, it's still in your hands. It's still your will. Jesus with, you know, could have turned around and said, you know what? No. I don't, I don't want to heal you. Obviously he didn't, like I said. But the man's attitude reflected that. He recognized both his provision and his sovereignty. He said, Lord, you are willing, if you are willing to do it, you can. Because I know that my miracle comes from you. And so that's the place where I want to be in my personal life, right? Because often times, like I said, we, when we ask, we receive a response. And my question is, what happens when the response isn't what we want to hear? Um, if you're willing, that phrase shows that the man was asking. He knew Jesus could, but not necessarily that he would. And oftentimes in my life, you know, and it came, became a powerful testimony. Jesus healed him. But oftentimes in my life, at least, you know, like I said, personally, God has said yes to me so many times. And oftentimes he has said no. Um, and, and like I said, uh, God's answers, and I, and I talked about it with the youth group last time I met with them, was God's answers are not always yes. His promises are always yes. He's promised uh, in His Word that He would never forsake us, never leave us. That is always amen. He's promised that He'd be with us in the end of time. That is always amen. He promised that what we ask uh, you know, to the Father in His name, He responds, that is always a yes. But sometimes our personal petitions... Our personal dreams or, or Lord, should I invest here? Should I, you know, begin this relationship here? Should I go to this school? This is what I want to do, Lord. Oftentimes, it's not always a yes. And that's something I've struggled with. And I've, I've had people I've, I've worked with, coworkers who've, I would say, become disheartened to the point of leaving the faith. Uh, a few years back, I was working with uh, this lady that I, you know, I worked with her a few years and we got to talking and kind of shared a little bit of my faith and told her about church and uh, I can notice her face changed. Uh, she was always singing around in the, in the cafeteria and, and I told her, hey, you got a lovely voice. And she kind of opened up and talked to me about how she used to sing at church and she, you know, she was coming to church all the time and, and he had, she had a great relationship with Christ and like I said, we started talking and, and, and she was, she was open with the fact that she was no longer a believer. Um, that she no longer wanted to attend church. And it kind of like, you know, what, oh Lord, what did I say? You know, this, these are situations that we face sometimes, you know, sometimes people ask you questions and you're like, oof, what's the right thing to say here? And so I heard her out and, and the reason she left was because she said the Lord didn't answer the, her prayer the way she wanted it to be answered. And I said, wow, okay. She, 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 she had asked for something specific and, and she didn't see it come to pass. And she was so disheartened that, that she lost all belief. And, and I said, Lord, I, and I, I, we still have a relationship, you know, at work. Uh, we work and I always kind of 
jokingly, but not, you know, in my prayers, I still pray for her, but jokingly and not, I, I still tell her that, you know, God's still waiting for her and, you know, he's, he's got answers if she, she asks for them. And the open invitation for church is always there. Um, she's not, like I said, completely like full-blown atheist or anything like that, but she's a little hurt or turned off. And, um, and like I said, I, many times in my life I've, I've prayed and, and God has said yes. Other times he said no. I've heard silence. Um, I've heard, you know, be patient. Um, and other times I've heard what Paul heard, you know, let my grace be sufficient. You know, one of the greatest apostles in the Bible prayed for a thorn in his flesh three times. And three times the Lord said, in your weakness I am made strong. Let my grace be sufficient. And so my second point is, are we willing to accept his will in our lives? When we approach the Lord, when we approach him with our petition, when we approach him with our goals, our desires, and we lay him out on the floor for him and we lay, Lord, this is what I have in mind for myself. I don't want to do my plans without you. I don't want to think ahead without you. My father always instructed me, always have God in your plans. Never try to plan and then consult God. Never, oh, I'm going to do all this, all this, all this, and then I'll see if God's okay with it. You wouldn't do that with your wife, right? You wouldn't show up with, hey, I did all this, all these plans, and unless it's like a getaway honeymoon or something, surprise, right? But, I, I, you know, I just purchased this brand new car. Why did you tell me? You know, plan it. Plan your, you know, have your goals, your dreams, but present it before the Lord. And when the Lord speaks and when the Lord shows you, whether he's opening doors or letting you know that these doors are closing, what is going to be your response? And that was, like I said, all these were just kind of what the Lord was speaking to me. Lord, Gio, what is going to be your response when the Lord says no or be patient or wait or not now? And so are you willing to accept his will in your life? Um, and then lastly, uh, point number three is, are we willing to obey? After he's given us the response, after he's shown us maybe what we have to do, are we willing to obey? Um, oftentimes we pray for something and the first thing the Lord asks us is, hey, go and ask for forgiveness. Go and give forgiveness. And go and show mercy. Go and be a testimony. And oftentimes I've been unwilling, I will, I will have to admit, um, whether I've been hurt or whether I've hurt someone and the Lord has spoken to me and said, this is your chance, this is your opportunity, Gio, to go and show mercy, to go and ask for forgiveness or to go and give forgiveness for those who have hurt you. And sometimes I'm reluctant or I've been reluctant or unwilling to, to, to budge on what I've, Lord, they hurt me, they should ask me. Or they did to this to me, they should do it, they should come to me. How am I going to go over there and, and tell them? And so that is the attitude that I said that the Holy Spirit has been trying to work in my life, to mold in my life. And so the last point, like I said, willing to obey. Lastly, are we willing to follow through with these instructions? Uh, verse uh, 4 says, Then Jesus said to him, Don't tell anyone about this, about what? The miracle. Instead, go to the priest and let him examine you. Take along the offering required in the law of Moses for those who have been healed of leprosy. 
this will be a public testimony that you have been cleansed. This has always been kind of like odd to me. I'm like, wouldn't Jesus want him to tell every single person that he came across? Like, hey, look at me. I've been healed. Like, share your testimony. You know, his instructions are always like, go out and show them, you know, teach them what I've taught you. And go out into the nations is what the last instruction. So I was always like, why, why wouldn't Jesus want him to tell every single person he came across? Look, I was a leper. Now I'm healed. And I came to the understanding, like I said, um, that it's a point of obedience. Now, the, 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 the image is very clear. I said, he was already surrounded by people. It, the first verse is that large crowds were following Jesus. So this man had, had already tons of witnesses there, present. And like I said, this man must have had a life before leprosy. People must have known him. Isn't that Geo the leper? What is he doing in town? He looks like he's been cleaned. So I feel like the testimony was going to be there regardless. People had witnessed him already being healed. And that's how the news of Jesus were, 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 uh, were scattered back then, right? People were often seeing what Jesus was doing and, and they were telling others about it. And, and when I read this, I said, Lord, this is just going to be another testimony for this crowd to share with their neighbors. You always saw Jesus doing this. He gave an amazing sermon, then he healed this leper. Um, and so the point of him not sharing wasn't that he didn't want him to tell the good news. And it's not a break for me to say, oh, well, I don't have to share my testimony then if, you know, Jesus didn't. No, that was not the point. The point of it was obedience. His commandment was, go and present yourself to the priest and bring forth the offering as required in the law of Moses. Uh, and that would be the public testimony that you have been uh, cleansed. Um, like I said, tons of people had already witnessed it. They'd seen what Jesus had done. Um, and like the leper in our lives, I, I don't know if some of you have had, uh, all of us have had a, a, a past life, you could say. Um, I grew up in, in the church myself. I, you know, my parents were Christian by the time I was born. Um, but I had to make my own decision to come to Christ. Um, that whole, I was born a Christian doesn't, in my mind, exist. Um, there has to be a point in my life, in, in your life as well, where even though your family might be a believer, your great-grandpa was a believer, I had to come to a, you know, a fork in the road and say, Lord, I believe what I've been brought up believing, or I, I don't. And I came to that and I, you know, thankfully I said, Lord, I, I believe your word and I've been a witness to what you're capable of doing in others' lives and in my life. And so I made that decision years ago. Um, and so I still had to, uh, change things in my life. Like I said, sometimes I try to like make it seem like, well, I'm not that bad. I don't, well. I don't, I'm not out here killing people. I'm not out here getting drunk or, you know, I'm not out here doing these crazy things. I'm not that bad. I try to rationalize, um, with myself in that sense. I don't know if that makes sense to you. But at the end of the day, I still need a savior as much as anybody else. And so the last point that I want to make, like I said, is are we willing to obey? Um, and I, we find it difficult sometimes, and that's where the Holy Spirit kind of comes into play there. Uh, we're not necessarily talking about the fruit of the Spirit, but I, I do want to conclude with that. 
if we are lacking in any of these areas, if we are struggling with saying, Lord, you are my source of provision, I'm still relying on my own strength. I'm still relying on my own knowledge. I'm still relying on my own uh, ability. If we're if we're struggling with accepting His will, Lord God, I'm I'm you know I'm 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 not letting go of this, and 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 the Lord has something different or something better for you. Or if we're struggling to to simply obey, like I said, sometimes we have to go out there and say, "Hey, I'm sorry for hurting you," or you know what, I accept your apology, or whatever it may be. Whatever the Lord might be instructing us to do, whether it be, you know, you know, talk to your coworker about me, you know, spend more time with me. And, and, and those, those are the, the voices that sometimes are drowned out, at least in my life, by, by the hustle and bustle of, of, of everyday life. I get home and all I want to do is lay on the couch, you know, from, from work. But I hear his voice and, you know, often telling me, spend some time with me, you know, come away. You know, take some time and, 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 and be with me. And, and oftentimes I, I tune it out. And oftentimes I, I, I am responsive to it. And so I want to encourage you today to kind of like analyze, analyze yourself. That was kind of like the, the point of this. Uh, analyze your life, analyze yourself and say, Lord, where am I at? You know, am I struggling with any of these? Am I, am I having it a, a difficult time, uh, recognizing your lordship? Um, Am I not having the will to follow you the way, you know, you want me to? Am I not putting forth the effort to build this relationship? Uh, as much as, as God is reaching out for us, are we reaching out towards Him? Um, and I love the psalm that connected today. Um, like I said, Brooke and I had, we're talking about, you know, what, what should we do for sake of reading? And, you know, we brought this up and then we brought another passage in Ephesians and, and then I got here today, and he's like, you know what? We're going with a song. I can see it connecting with your, with your message. And i just like to read, uh, read it one more time. Lord, I'm bursting with joy over what you've done for me. My lips are full of perpetual praise. I'm boasting of you and all your works. So let all who are discouraged take heart. Join me, everyone. Let's praise the Lord together. Let's make him famous. Let's make his name glorious to all. Listen to my testimony. I cried to God in my distress, and He answered me. He freed me from all my fears. Gaze upon Him. Join your life with Him, and joy will come. Your faces will glisten with glory, and you'll never wear that shame face again. And like the leper, after presenting himself to the priest, he was able to uncover his face. He was able to take away the things that identified him to others as being a leper or unclean. He was able to integrate himself again into society. Um, the Lord wants to do that in our lives. Whatever it is that we're still carrying around with us, uh, whatever guilt, whatever shame, uh, the Lord wants us to remove that and, and, and know that we have an open invitation to approach him like the leper did. Um, and so... I wanted to say a quick word of prayer, um, and, and uh, I hope that this was, like I said, encouragement for you guys. I, I, I really appreciate the opportunity to share. Um, you know, I was a little nervous, but I, I, you know, I appreciate you guys you know, coming out and 
and spending time with, 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 uh, with the rest of the body. So I'm just going to say a quick word of prayer so that we can go out and enjoy the, the lunch that Caesar has prepared for us. Uh, Heavenly Father, we thank you for, for, for today. We thank you for your word. We, we thank you that uh, you are a God that uh, is constantly interacting with us, that is constantly, Lord God, inviting us to draw near. Lord, we thank you that you've uh, already have provided us with your Holy Spirit, that you've pointed out things in our lives, or at least in mine, that you would like to improve on. That, Lord, that this relationship that we have with you may be something that we are willing to work on. Um, that you've already paved the way, that you've already paid the price, Lord God, that we may also reach out to you as you reach out to us. Lord God, be with us the rest of this week, uh, that we may enjoy our time together as a, as a family. Um, and that uh, you keep us in your hand, Lord, uh, in everything that we do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. Yeah. I don't know. What, what do I do now? <laughs> uh, but we are, oh, uh, Pastor Stewart said he was going to join. So, Pastor Stewart, wherever you are, enjoy your time. Anybody at Zoom, on, if there's anybody on YouTube, thank you for joining us as well. Um, and then, yeah, feel free to hang out today. I'm sure Caesar's done something nice. Uh, we'll see you all next week. <laughs>